In our busy world, family time frequently gets neglected. It is vital that we give attention to our families while we can, and it is especially important to give attention to what God says in His Word about our homes. For the next few minutes, let's join Scott Pauley as we open the Scriptures and find God's message for your family. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Have you ever wondered what the greatest thing you could do for your family is? I mean, of all the things you could give them, of all the things you could say, of all the, the wonderful places you could take them, what's the greatest thing you could do for your family? Well, I believe the answer is it's the same thing Jesus is doing now for his family. He's praying for us. At this moment, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great intercessor, is at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. He's praying for us. And when we enter into intercessory prayer, we are literally joining Jesus in his own work. I believe it's the highest level of prayer, and it is, my friend, the greatest thing you can do for those you love. Is there someone on your heart today, some family member, some great need? You know, I've discovered that through the years, oftentimes the felt needs, the perceived needs, are not always the great needs. Usually, the real need is beneath the surface. It's beyond our understanding. Only God really knows what's in any of us. Only God knows what the greatest need is. And so I've learned through the years that when I pray for others, one of the greatest things I can do is seek to be led of the Holy Spirit as I pray and find some definite thing from Scripture to pray for those people. You see, you always know that you're praying in the will of God when you're praying in the Word of God. It's more than a routine, more than just having a prayer list that is a reminder, but praying definite spiritual things for those you love. The verse I read a moment ago, at least a portion of a verse, is Colossians chapter 1, verse number 9, and the context is the Apostle Paul sitting in prison, a man himself in need of prayer, and what's he doing? He's praying for those he loves. He's praying for those who are part of, of God's family. And he begins one of these great Pauline prayers. They're scattered throughout his writings. You should study them. They're rich and wonderful. But I think this prayer in Colossians chapter 1 is a wonderful model for us. It is a template for how we can pray for our own family members. Let's walk through it today. Make the list, will you? And then don't just make the list. Uh, take it and use it today. Pray these things for your family members. In verse 9, he said that he did not cease to pray for them. I think a great parallel to that is the fact that in 1 Thessalonians, he said we're to pray without ceasing. So he's, he's doing that, staying in an attitude of prayer. But for what did he pray? Here's what we want to discover. He said, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Number one. How do you pray for those you love? Pray that they would know and understand the will of God. Pray that they would know God. Isn't that the greatest knowledge of all is the knowledge of God? Uh, Colossae, where these believers were living, had been invaded by philosophy and legalism and lots of manward thoughts, much like our world today. So what is Paul praying? He's praying that their thoughts, their lives would be lifted above all of that, earthly knowledge and wisdom, to heavenly knowledge, to God's wisdom. 
He just prays that God will work in them in a powerful way. By the way, in the previous verses, he talks about some good things that were going on in Colossae, and yet it seems he's still straining and struggling in his prayer for them. Could I remind you that when it seems things are going well, that's not the time to let up. That's the time to press through in prayer. There's always a spiritual opposition, and the battle is won in prayer. So begin by praying that those you love would know and understand the will of God. And then in verse 10, a second thing, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Pray that they would please God with their lives. Notice what I did not say. We're not praying that they'll please us all too often. I think even when we pray for those we love, we pray selfishly. We want them to do our will, what we want accomplished. No, Lord. Lord, I want them to please you. Whatever you want, that's all I want. Did you notice that Paul did not depend on his own talking or writing to form Christ's character in them? That's significant. And may I say, far too often, we lean on our own words to shape the character of our children or to change the mind of someone we love. Friend, when you pray, God speaks. When you pray, God works, and your praying will get more done than all of your lecturing and worrying combined. So pray they'll please the Lord. And then at the end of verse number 10, he says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So here's a third thing. Pray that they would bear fruit in the work God has for them. Whatever it is that God's given them to do with their lives, pray they'd be fruitful in it. And specifically, I believe we're praying here for spiritual fruit, for the fruit of the Spirit to be formed in them, for love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Isn't that the great fruit? And so pray they would bear fruit. And then number four in the same verse, pray that they would grow in their knowledge of God. He said increasing in the knowledge of God. And notice this is more than just them being saved. These people already knew the Lord. We should be praying right now that those we love will come to love Jesus even more, that those we love will come to understand more of the love of God for them. Remember, the whole book of Colossians is about the sufficiency of Christ. Oh, how we need to grow in our and our knowledge and understanding and appreciation for all that Christ is. Dear Lord, help every one of us grow in our knowledge of God today. And then a fifth thing on Paul's prayer list, in verse 11, he says, Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Pray that they would learn to live in God's strength and power. Strength to resist the tempter. Strength to press on in faith. Strength to be faithful. Not strength that they can muster up or strength of some resource we can give them, but divine power. There's nothing like it. And then a sixth thing, in the same verse, he says, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Pray that they would learn to deal with every difficulty in life with joy. Difficulties are going to come. Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. We'd like to change all that for our family, but we cannot. I'll tell you what we can do. We can pray that they would not only get through it, that's the patience and long-suffering, but they would do it with joyfulness, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. Uh, This generation is facing intensified spiritual opposition and persecution. How shall we pray? Dear Lord, help our family know so much the joy of Jesus that they have the courage to keep moving forward. And then one final thing, pray that they would develop a grateful heart. This matter of gratitude keeps coming up again and again, doesn't it? But in verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. True thankfulness will keep you from sin. Oh, my friend, when you pray, pray that your family will be nearer to God. 
pray for spiritual realities. I, I hope you'll begin your intercessory prayer ministry today, this very day. I remember years ago hearing the story of a, a widow, a woman whose husband had been mightily used to the Lord as a preacher. And at the funeral, someone said, oh, we're going to miss your husband's sermons. And immediately she responded and said, that's not what I'm going to miss. She said, I'm going to miss his prayers. I wonder, will anyone miss your prayers someday? I believe this with all of my heart. I believe if we will stay engaged in intercessory prayer, God will work in us and God will work in them. Andrew Murray said he came to view prayer for himself as simply the means of God preparing him to pray for others. Would to God we all thought that way. Let's not be selfish in our prayers today. And maybe even now you think of yourself as a little spiritually cold and indifferent. The great missionary Henry Martin said that he found in times of spiritual coldness and weakness, if he started praying for others' spiritual needs, it turned to meet his own needs. So why don't you stop right now today and pray for someone specifically. Take at least one of these. Maybe take one a day for the next week. And let's pray these specific spiritual requests over those that we love. We hope that you will spend some time talking with your family today about these truths from God's Word and spend time praying for each member of your family. You may find additional podcasts, helpful articles, full-length Bible messages, and other resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. Until next time, may God bless you and your family.